Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, for uh, some day in the week. Uh, today I'm joined by Harry. Hello. For anybody who's maybe using this podcast to keep track of how the days are going, it's the Wednesday the 2nd of August. on you, idiot. <laughs> no, it's Wednesday the 2nd of August, okay? Don't uh, listen to this cretin. Well, that's false news anyway, because it's, uh, it's not that. What is it then? Well, if you're Australian, Say different it, day, isn't it? So Say now it. what? Say it. Well, <laughs> yeah, and if it was yesterday, it'd be yesterday, but it's today. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I'm not Australia. So, I'm not in Australia. So Australia is right. not real. Don't I'm even right lie that. to me. Don't lie to me about <laughs> Australia. You think kangaroos are real? Get well, today, real. We're going to be talking about kangaroos, actually. Uh, because Are we? No, we're not. Oh, yeah. So segregation is here is one of the topics. The other one is uh, the Turkish barber gangs. And mm -hmm. um, I like the idea that we've got uniforms now, like Bloods and Cribs. Uh, yeah, it's close enough, to yeah. be honest. When we get through it, you'll, you'll find out. Although another uniform I'm not happy about is um, the fact that this is just the norm now, is it? This is San Francisco and the um, local obsession. I, I don't know what to call it. It's freaky. Um, uh, obsession, do you mean just the behavior of the locals in Fra San Francisco? Yeah, grim. Yeah. Uh, before yeah. we go any further into the news, we should probably just throw a shout out because we recently received an incredibly generation, uh, do generous donation from James. So James, if you're watching right now, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Should we also talk about the, the lunatic what, who what? sent in the other donation? Well, the one who sent it personally to yeah, me. because that's really funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, two, um, uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there was an American viewer who personally sent in cash money to us. British currency. British currency. So he went and changed it from American currency and then posted it across the Atlantic Ocean, specifically to us for a year membership, purely because I said all the way back at the coronation streams that we did, if you're poor, you should be able to afford to give us money. So I poor shamed him into giving us money. And thank you very much for that. And initially, I will admit, I was hoping that somebody had just sent £360 to me personally. So there, was, grandma. there was a tinge of disappointment. Both of my grandmas are dead. Um, but there was a slight disappoint <laughs> tinge of disappointment there. I didn't know. <laughs> you said that like, you bastards always bring it up. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I was just, <laughs> I was just saying it matter-of-factly, all right? Is this what my missus experiences? Because sometimes I'll just say things to her very bluntly and she'll act like I'm annoyed at her when I'm just uh. saying it matter-of-fact, you know? But anyway, thank you for sending in. We, I think uh, Michael might have got your membership set up by now. Uh, if not, he'll be in touch. But if you're watching this, you know who you are. Thank you very much. Well, anyway, my apologies. Um, <laughs> I think we should get on with the news now. Yeah, let's, let's do the news. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't got any segue. Right. <laughs> Segregation is here, uh, at least in the UK. This has been a long time coming. It's uh, been difficult, I know. Uh, there was a bill in Parliament. Should we segregate the country? And uh, it passed. No, it didn't. This was entirely the result of free choice. Yes, this is just what people do when they're given the freedom to choose who they associate with. Generally speaking, they associate with those more similar to them than those less similar to them, especially when those lack of similarities causes a lot of friction. Yeah. Or say you happen to be part of a group of people who like to do some similar things. I don't know, like a religious group. Mm, so you all get they like the house. to band together <laughs> and get into some wacky misadventures. Yeah, apparently this um, basic knowledge of anyone who's ever been to university was lost on the university class that runs our country, which still amazes me. I, I don't think. It, well, maybe they maybe they forgot to keep track of it, but I don't think that they are unaware of this. I think that. The people who rule these, this country and most countries just hate us and hate our ability to do things that we want to do. 
and want to continuously strip us of those abilities. Well, I think you might be right, yes. uh, at least in the revealed preferences. So we'll start off by promoting something on LoisDiz.com, being why feminist integration policy will save the West. Because everything I'm about to lay out, it probably would fix all of those problems. So there's that. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, but like every time I do a segment about immigration, I bring this up because this, this is your actually one go-to. Well, it would actually fix the world. So I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not too. Im- I'm I'm quite partial to the Berlusconi immigration policy, but it's a bit further than mine. The uh, is, is that a bit is, further? Is she is she hot? I, I don't Whatever know. Whatever he said, I forget. I know. I mean, obviously, you'd have to have immigration officers giving it the old eyeball test, but I would trust that more than whatever immigration policies we've got right now. No more female immigration officers either, because they, they don't know what no they what women are. We know what they would bring in. They would bring in the Lizzos. <laughs> They'd oh be God, like, see, so we're, hot. see, we're not that bad, are we? But anyway, Lizzo news next week because uh, there are news there apparently. But we'll start off with. Um... <laughs> I think that might be tomorrow. Me and Connor. Okay. <laughs> there is some actual Lizzo news coming in the pipeline. That was a terrible choice of words. Carry anyway, on. Moving on. So we'll, we'll go to some data real quick just to make my point about, um, yeah, it seems to be the case that the people here don't like living here and have left um, by looking at the people who used to live here and have left. So this is the English diaspora. I've been over this a few times. I'm a little bit annoyed how every other ethnic group gets its own diaspora. But in the you know the UK, we, we don't talk about it like it isn't real. But there you are. Um, here's the data. If you go through the various censuses of those countries, you'll find those numbers of where English people live, which is not in England. Majoritively, they live outside that's, of it. That's actually really shocking to see that it's an actual majority of people who are English are outside of the UK. Yeah, the largest group being those living in the United States. Of course. So those will probably be what first generation who've just gone over there. It's based on census data. So when the U.S. census was done, people who basically said they were English in the census right. rather than American. So there you have that. Anyway, moving forward, because my point is not one that has jumped out of the ether has, has shocked uh, an amazing number of people, but. I don't know if you've ever walked anywhere, you probably have seen it. But in 2005, you could see here on The Guardian, there was an article about this, Britain sleepwalking into segregation. This was from, I believe, what was it? Trevor Phillips, not the one from GTA. Oh, instead, damn. <laughs> are, you, are we sure he didn't have a budding journalism career for The Guardian before right. the events of that story? Yeah, and then he went to, what was it, North Yankton uh, and did the job. Yeah. And uh, ended up doing what he did. He went from here to the Canadian Air Force, then he failed a test with the Canadian Air Force, then North Yankton. It's a, it's a colourful life that man has lived. So before that, Trevor was apparently working in the uh, quality departments for Tony Blair. Oh, and before this, he was working as a, as a hitman for hire in Better Call Saul as well. Was he? Yeah, he shows up in an episode of Better Call Saul. I still haven't watched it. I, I, I know. I mean, it's all fan fiction to you. Yeah, good fan fiction though. <laughs> anyway, but he says in here, uh, Mr. Phillips, uh, among the measures, Mr. Phillips will suggest... Uh, will suggest that for white schools, they should be forced to take large numbers of ethnic minority pupils to aid integration. So um, large numbers of foreigners came to the UK after Tony Blair, of course, and the solution to that, a thing that no one asked for, was to force them into the local schools because ideology. This is a very poor idea. Um, Don't let me get too off topic here, but I do think this is important to note. So after Brown v. Board of Education in the US, it took a while for the schools to actually begin to integrate a lot of the students. And uh, there I, I think we should make it clear, just in case there's someone who isn't familiar, um, we've never had segregation laws. No, we've not. What we're talking about is people self-segregating. This is to be clear. This is the uh, this is an attempt from people to force integration where people had not been legally denied denied it, they, but instead they, they literally just, chose to be segregated. They just by... didn't. Um, so uh, it took a while, and it was only in the mid to late '60s when it really started happening due to government fiat. They just started forcing people into areas through busing and such. 
And it caused a lot of problems. And there is a book that is very difficult to get a hold of right now because of how controversial the subject matter is called Race War in High School. And it details a particular school in, I think it was in New York. This was written from the perspective of one of the teachers who worked there while all of this was going on, where they had a massive influx of black students forced into the school that tipped over the proportions of white to black students. And he said that roughly as soon as it got to about 40% black to 60% white, when you could see that it, the scales were about to tip over, um, all of the black students basically just started terrorizing the place. And it erupted into a race war within the high school where some of the black students and other ethnic minority students uh, started doing heinous things like raping the teachers. This is a factual account that you're not really able to get hold of anymore because of how controversial it is. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty harrowing read. Well, uh, thankfully, well, not thankfully, actually. And, and no. so, and so what UK, we are talking about, things have gotten that bad in some of the enclaves, but... Yeah, and so UK administrators have presumably read a part of that and gone, well, I mean, we can, we can manage to somehow avoid the bad parts of this, right? And if the bad parts Well, happen, we don't have an American population. Yeah, we don't, we, don't have, we don't have the American population. But generally speaking, when minority groups hit a certain proportion in comparison to Western groups... Well, the culture changes... Yeah, culture changes Shulk. and bad things start happening to the native populations, sadly. That's just a, a, a observable fact. So that case withstanding, because we're talking about 2005 here, yes. back when Trevor Phillips was warning about this, he says, uh, the fact is that we as a society are almost, without noticing it, becoming more divided by race and religion. Now, anyone could have seen this coming, I would have thought, even back then, and apparently they did. Are you telling me that if you suddenly increase vastly the population of people from different religions and race into a country that people might start to divide themselves more than they had when they were more homogenous. Yes. But, uh, uh, anyway, the, the, response, the response at the time, of course, for people who don't know, we can go to the next one just to get a flavor of it, was complete denial that this was happening in the UK. Uh, you can see here, this was some academics book they wrote about it. As they put it, challenging myths about race and migration. And they argue in here that we're not sleepwalking into segregation. And in fact, it is a racist assertion to say that we are. As a side note, Trevor Phillips isn't actually the chap from Grand Theft Auto. He's actually a black man. And they, they called him racist for pointing out I wouldn't, that this I, was happening. I wouldn't put it past Trevor. Put <laughs> the black cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, the chap in question, he ended up making a film about this. I featured it before. Here's just the IMDB listing because I uh, can't find the film anymore. It used to be well easily available. And, and now it's not like many other things. Don't know why that was. Anyway, one of the main points in this film was data, which is something that Lef never really uses. But what was funny is, as you can see, uh, I don't know if you can see actually the year this was produced. 2015. 2015. Yep. A lot had gone on. People started to realize, oh, maybe we should do something because it turns out not everyone's the same in the world. There's differences. Who'd have thought that one? Yeah. Francis Fukuyama shook. <laughs> well, The Guardian made a review of this back in the day, and I was expecting it when I found it to just be the typical, like, you know, death to Trevor Phillips for pointing out that. Can't believe like how racist he is. Yeah, this lady here actually just was like, huh, yeah, he's right. Hmm. Which is, oh, weird. That's a shock. This lady says it's an uh, odd and welcome sense of being talked to as an adult. Okay. He thinks that preventing people from expressing prejudiced ideas might not have been the best way to stop them thinking them. <laughs> it is amazing to look back at what the Tony Blair era actually thought, because it is just insane. Because after years of hard labor and new labor, racism still exists. Amazing. Censorship does not change minds. Good wow. God. In Philip's view, the well-intentioned work of the 
HRC, to stamp out racial bigotry, has succeeded mainly in creating a climate of fear in which it is now impossible to publicly identify social problems or investigate criminal actions with an ethnic dimension, which is obviously a correct assessment. Well, I mean, it's not that people weren't pointing these things out back in the mid-2000s. It's just if you were, you would likely get taken to court for some form of defamation lawsuit. I mean, Trevor only got away with it in 2005 because of his position of power and the fact that he's also got racial privilege there as a black man, of course. He pictured here with Nigel Farage. But uh, obviously, this is a big no-no in British culture. They're saying here social workers didn't help Victoria Kimberley, for instance, because they didn't want to be seen as high-handedly uh, high intervening yes in an African family's culture. The predominantly Asian gangs who groomed girls in Rotherham were allowed to do so for years because the police didn't want to get involved in something politically sensitive, and so on. I mean, she even gives us I mean, this is, this is the actual Guardian journalist listing these as well. Which is really weird, right? That's shocking to see. But it's amazing to look back and be like, huh, there was, there was a time in which the Guardian would actually just write what they would now refer to as, you know, our talking points of the truth. Here's what happened. Um, it's bad. Don't, don't do that. But no, never again will they write this. Anyway, this was eight years ago. So, of course, after seeing the serious error of their ways, there was a course correction. No, there wasn't. No. So now we are, eight years later from even that well, movie being published and, what, 22 years later? Something like that? No. But wait, from which film being published? 17 years later from Trevor Phillips talking about it. In yeah, uh, 18 years from Trevor Phillips talking about it. I can Eight count. years from the film. There we are. So we can see here, this chap decided to put this graph up and this is what inspired this. As you can see, segregation in Dewsbury is staggering. The River Keldar runs through the town. On the West Bank, the population is 1.3% white British, while on the East Bank, it's 92.4%. Some wards are a bit more mixed, but the river is the great dividing line. UK's version of 8 Mile in Detroit. Yes, I was going to also bring up Maven Politic, but I see that you've actually got his link coming up right next as well. well this, this chap does an interesting point, see? References. Well, maybe this, maybe this isn't all hunky-dory. Maybe, maybe people don't just live Kumbaya in completely divided neighbourhoods. Um, his evidence for this is the series of riots that have happened throughout the years, uh, particularly race riots, which are rather funny, actually, when you start looking at the dividing lines, not the riots themselves. But he says in here, here's the highlights of uh, race relations in Dubry. Uh 1989, there was a riot between English and Pakistanis. And then in 2007, Iraqi Kurds versus Pakistanis. All right. 2008, the English and the Pakistanis <laughs> turned, teamed up to fight the Kurds. And then We're in beginning to see a hierarchy establish itself. And then later in the year, presumably the Kurds and the English were banished and the Hungarians and Pakistanis were fighting each other, which kind of just makes me think of that uh, Scotland meme, where it's just like, you know, the Pakistanis are sat there being like, yes, Pakistanis and Indians are mortal enemies. Us, and also the English, and also the Hungarians, and also the Iraqi Kurds. But there we are. There's also the religious maps, as I believe you were pointing out, with Maven, who, in the next link, pointed out the religious divide, which is uh, pretty, pretty stark. These neighboring wards in Leicester, one is well, 75% Hindu, the others 75% Muslim. Amazing. So it turns out that among the people who a lot of native English probably wouldn't even be able to tell apart from one another if you were to just test it out looking at them, also segregate themselves along all sorts of different lines as well, because as you always like to point out, not everybody in the world is the exact same. I mean, it's kind of amazing that the Tony Blair era politicians actually fought that, because how would everyone be the same if you could tell them apart? I mean, just like the most basic baby knowledge doesn't even it, seem to... It is actually, it's, it's the way that I always see people talk about how race is a social construct. If we just get rid of the idea of race, then it'll go away. No, it won't. Because at the end of the day, I could stand you next to Rishi Sunak 
and there would no be no difference. There would be a, a visible difference between the two <laughs> of you. That doesn't have to. Uh, that doesn't have to. Uh, you know, determine the quality or value of that human being that I'm looking at. But there is a difference. Can uh, visually see it. But you can take this anywhere as well. If you go to the next link here, there's some uh, ONS data which I've just picked up from like random areas. This one here, 94.6% Muslim. What wonderful? Where's that in? There you are. Um, I forget. I don't know if you can zoom out, John. I, I did zoom out uh, when I put the links, but apparently that didn't translate in the links, so that's my fault. But there we are. And, and then oh, just that's Seville Town. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up north. What a hell of a name. Um, and right next to it, there are districts that are completely zero percent Muslim as well. Yeah, if you go to the east, it's it's like zero point zero percent in some of those places, as you can see. Zero point three seven percent there. Zero percent there. Yeah, amazing. Right next to each other. Um, 100% difference, effectively. Wait, zoom two. out, because it looks like the vast majority of this, at least this district in this town. Zoom out a little bit more for me, John. Please, John. Please. Thank you. Yeah, there's, a, there's just a big chunk of that area that is almost entirely Muslim, and then the rest of it around it, they're like circled. If this was like it's a military, zero. if this was a military force, then these people would be surrounded, but instead they're kind of just planted in there. Well, I've chosen Muslim as well because they're the most segregated due to demands for communal prayer in mosque, prohibition of alcohol, clothing demands are different, uh, etc. And so there's that. But you can do it with others. If we go to Blackburn, we can also see um, the next link here. Let's not go to Blackburn. Well, we have. Um, here you are. Have you ever been to Blackburn? No, I haven't. It's an asshole. Awesome, no. Wasn't planning on. Yeah, don't go. Well, here's some other side news, as you can see again there. Um, it's areas that are 90% Muslim, which are not you know, insignificant as well. Oh, God. You can also see it with uh, Jewish communities as well, because of course they have the same demands as Muslims yep. in terms of different demands for uh, They've clothing, etc. Strong community. This one in, uh, I believe this is somewhere in London, 70% Jewish in that area. But of course, the Jewish community makes such a minor impact because their numbers are tiny compared to the Muslim community. And I know in the in US it's a 2% uh, population. In the UK, isn't it like 1.3% or something? Nothing burger. Yeah, it's barely any. And as Maven pointed out, also Hindus are the same. If you go to the next one here, we can just see more of that in a different area of Britain, as uh, British as you or I. Uh, this area, <laughs> as Maven mentioned, this is basically the same oh, area. Brings a tear to my eye. Yeah. It, one thing I did find strange is that it's pretty much impossible to get the same kind of concentration with Christians. So oh, if, you, uh, if you change it to Christians, like, you can't get those high numbers of 90% anywhere in the country. Well, I imagine a lot of people will have marked down on the census that they don't have any religion in the first place, but they will probably still share some kind of ethnic background with the people they're surrounding themselves Cultural by. Christianity rather than religious. Yeah. I, I thought that, but then I went and checked out the No Religion tab, and if we can go to the next one, I believe that is that one. And, um, well, you can actually see the dividing line between the mostly Muslim areas and the non, or Hindu, etc., mm. with the No Religion line. That's pretty much how you find the normies at this point. Anyway, moving on. I thought we'd just check out um, some other parts that may illustrate a level of segregation in British society. Um, that capital city we have is a pretty big one. And uh, I don't know if you noticed this. There is no capital city of England at this point. There's one of the UK. That's what it is. But as you can see here, we have our Pakistani mayor of London arguing with the uh, Hindin, Indian Hindu <laughs> prime minister. And... Uh, <laughs> Having I mean, a slap <laughs> fight with each other. They're arguing about housing foreigners in London. So, I mean, like, most people, I think, involved in London politics cared, but most other people in the country just kind of looked at stuff like this and just went, doesn't affect me in the slightest. I mean, what relation do I even have to any of this? Is anybody surprised that the foreign mayor of London wants to 
invite in an even bigger voting block for himself. Uh, no, he's a politician. Exactly. Uh, there we are. And uh, if you go to the next link here, I think we see it. a lot of people I did see it in response for posting the bloody, bloody bastard clip. Uh, for people who haven't seen <laughs> that's that. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> people who haven't seen that, it's absolute god. We don't have time to play it. But it's uh, a couple of Indian chaps arguing about how to keep each other safe. They're actually <laughs> that's what they're arguing. Yeah, about, they're actually arguing it? about how to keep each other safe on the road. But they're angry and shouting, so they keep argu- angrily shouting in English swear words. But they don't know how to use them. F your bloody bloody, bloody bastard! bloody. <laughs> it's like, all right, there we are. Go Jay on your own time. It's good. But they can both speak the same language as well. They do at various points, but then they just keep going back to English. Yeah, it's so strange. So the proficiency isn't there, I guess, and either. But we'll go back to the US because don't forget the US, of course, they have uh, their own problems. We can see here there is a self-segregation going on in Florida. There are certain people leaving. There's a couple of people here on CNN. Oh, leftists. Yeah, they're saying they have to leave the state and they, they share their reason for leaving the state, which is this clip here of Ron DeSantis saying he will no longer support transitioning children. Now, I can't talk about any of that subject because of YouTube. I'm just going to leave this there because I think that's all I really needed to say, wasn't it? There you are. It's a good job you reminded <laughs> me because... Uh... I was about to say something not YouTube friendly. Keep it in your pants. What? <laughs> Instead of on the surgery table. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, move to the next one because the US cities are also something else. I mean, there's uh, this link here, which is an article about that fact that, uh, well, US cities are being completely depopulated, I believe. I, I don't know if that's the right one. That, that should have been a Discord image instead, actually, but whatever. I don't know. This was meant to be a link about CNN being the third largest news channel, but it's, it's, it's not scrolled properly. There we are. There's the image I was talking about instead, which is domestic migration in the United States, because um, their big migration of, of the recent eras is not international. That's a big problem, don't get me wrong, with the United States. But the internal migration is mad. And we can see it here, where you have all of the cities just emptying. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the city dots. I mean, so- Florida is a story in and of itself, don't get me wrong, but look at those city dots. Yeah, Florida's actually filling up not just the cities. It's filling up Everything. whole counties. Uh, whereas in Texas, for instance, you can see places are just filling around the major population centers that are the cities. In LA, sorry, in uh, California, you can see that people are leaving the cities and you can guarantee what this is. This will be white liberals leaving the big democratic cities in places like California to go to move to the big democratic cities in Texas and make them even more democratic so eventually they end up being just like the cities they left. Well, no, that's the thing. Oh, really? The, the, you can see, for example, Los Angeles, New York, or the, the red areas are the ones that are emptying. And you can see the big cities in Texas, they're also emptying. They're not going there. No one's going there. Mm. Everyone from those cities and every city in the United States seems to be leaving if they can, especially the largest, bluest ones, of course, and going out into the red countryside or small towns. Ah, so they want to ruin the rural environment then, like the episode yeah. of South Park. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I have to is. live in LA, then everybody <laughs> does. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm massively sympathetic to the whole um, you don't get the vote after you've moved here. I mean, especially Floridians there just happen to be the worst ones in terms of, ah, why are there so many New Yorkers around here? I, I think in America, if you lived in San Francisco and consistently voted Democrat policies for your entire life, you just have the vote stripped of you wherever you go. But anyway, that's not the only thing in the United States. I mean, a lot of people have been trying to point out that segregation in the UK is actually not as bad as the United States. It is still worse there. Oh, really? In their view. Um, a guy posted this image, if we go to the next one, in which there's some data. Someone trying to prove that, haha, look, uh, we're superior. This is a British outlet because we are less segregated. No, no, no. This data is 10 years old. Oh. So none of what I just showed you, I think, is incorporated. And forgive me for thinking that maybe our media are actually so out of date they don't even know what's happening next door to them by the looks of it. 
Because if you go to the BBC, they had some news after reading that data that I showed you. Ethnic segregation in England and Wales is at an all-time low. Hmm. Really? I mean, that's... Really, so- really? I mean, I'm sorry, but like... Well, when this used to be a vast majority country of natives, I think the segregation might have been lower. Probably. Also, that census map didn't seem to paint this picture. No. I wonder what data they're going off of this study. Well, this is from January, so they should have the data, but instead they've just gone, nope. Trust us. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't trust them. Computer says no. There we are. Segregation um, in the UK, now the norm. Um, And if you're Americans, um, good luck with the blues, because they ain't welcome around these parts. Don't give them the vote. Strip them of their vote. You're working the land. <laughs> he crossed state lines. He has no vote now. <laughs> <laughs> we need Anas Kasparian on the case. Yeah, hey, why not? Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish your water, okay? Oh, and now we're going we're gonna to investigate a mystery and not the mystery of how Callum can miss his mouth while drinking water. It's a, a heavy bottle. Oh, it's a heavy bottle for your weak, My weak arms. arms. Oh, you've got little twig arms. I'm next to death. You need to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get some muscle. I, okay. <laughs> okay, there we go. So now we're going to investigate why Callum is such a weak little girly man. And also, why it is that your high street, if you live in the UK, is probably about 90% Turkish barbers. You can get them lined up one next to another. Turkish barber, Turkish barber, Turkish barber, Turkish barber. And you might wonder to yourself, why? Why are they all opening up shop? Surely the market is oversaturated with these at the moment. And also, how are each of these businesses, the people starting these businesses, getting the cash up front to be able to open up in what is generally quite high value, high street property in the first place? Because you look at them and you go, this is prime real estate for any business. If you're in the center of a town anywhere in England, unless you're in like a remote rural village somewhere, how are these people getting the money? And when you walk past them, why is only ever one of them typically have regular customers? Why do the rest of them always seem to be abandoned? For instance, in Swindon, we've got a Turkish barber nearby. That have you ever seen any customers in there? Maybe once or twice. You we see- don't just have one nearby. Oh yeah, but there's there's one in particular that I'm thinking of because Rory asked me to bring this one up. You don't often see very many customers in there. No, it's completely empty. I don't Constantly. know if you noticed on the high street, there is a brand new one that opened like a week or two ago. Oh, I must have missed that. The, the Turkish barbers are just starting to become <laughs> visual white noise to me. But again, new business, um, opening week, no customers. I've never seen anyone in that one either. And it will be there for as long as it needs to be because they don't go in, out of business either. I've not seen a single one ever go out of business. And the one that I was referring to that also has no customers has an incredibly expensive brand new Mercedes parked outside of it, presumably owned by the owner of this Turkish barber. So uh, expensive real estate, no customers, brand new Mercedes. If you're always losing money, how can you pay taxes? The only only answer I can have for this is that uh, I'm racist for asking the question. That's the only answer that I can have because that's the answer that I've experienced when I've seen other people ask these questions on Twitter and online. But first, while we're talking about aliens, Let's talk about Rory's latest article for the website called UFOs and Other Things. It's a nice nondescript title. I think he could have named it better, but the article itself is actually excellent. He's talking not just about UFOs and crop circles, as you can see in this particular image, but his own history in Wiltshire, experiencing folk tales that you hear around the place, and myths, and how humanity 
And England in particular is a place of myth and legend and how we need all of those to be able to have a better understanding of the world. Because when you start to crunch everything down into pure quantitative figures and science, then it can take a lot of the mystique and mystery out of the world, important as those things are. So this is well worth a read. It was a very enjoyable uh, use of my time to go through that, and it will be yours as well. It's a free article as well. So if you want to sign up for the website, you can feel free, but we do also have excellent free content on here every single day. So this was this this investigation was kickstarted by me spotting this particular post on Twitter from Ghost of Goose saying that Turkish barbers opening up everywhere, often in affluent town centers where other businesses can't afford to stay. Because yeah, you go through a lot of town centers in the UK nowadays, and it is Turkish barbers and charity shops. You'll get some independent businesses. Pound shops, they'll do well. Pound shops will do all right, yep. But mainly it'll be empty Turkish barbers and charity shops. I don't mind the charity shops too much. I know some people are annoyed by them, but you can often find some good deals in there. But the Turkish barbers, a bit confusing. How often you get your hair cut? Not very. I mean, uh, like you may, since you may five have, years ago. You may have noticed that I've not had my hair cut for a little while now. No, but a, a, a massive increase in barbers, not many more people suddenly getting double the haircuts they used to. I mean, it's yeah, you're right. But <laughs> it's not like um, there's some kind of fungible good where you can go and you can get as many as you want. I want another save, one. You can save them for later. <laughs> you don't just walk past the Turkish barbers and go, oh, I fancy a haircut. And then you come out and go, oh, I'm a bit peckish for more. I'll go to that. And then by the time you're at the end of the street, you're completely shaved clean. You've got a cue ball going on. Would be a laugh. It, it, <laughs> like the pub crawl, but the barber crawl. <laughs> the barber it would, it would be a laugh, but that's not how these businesses tend to work. And this ghost of goose points out that they do bring down the, the tone of an area terribly. And because, yeah, I'm sorry, they do. If you're walking around a high street, especially in a nice, lovely, rural English town, and you've got some big Turkish barbers, they don't fit in with the aesthetic. It's like in Hot Fuzz. It doesn't really fit with the town's rural aesthetic, does it? One of those situations. And uh, the typical response that you see to something like this is this. I do think your tweet has a hint of racism about it, more than a hint. Thank you. Thank you for your kind input, dear Boomer. Please switch off your phone, go and see your grandchildren, and stay away from online discourse. Please, because you have nothing to offer but the mere bleatings of a brain-dead moron saying, oh, but you're racist, though. Oh, but you're racist. I think Dan had a good response to this. Uh, by just pointing out your mentality is how 19,000 girls got raped in South Yorkshire while the authorities turned a blind eye because people aren't just pointing out that they turned down, bring the tone down of a town. They're also talking about the cultural changes that come when inevitably you end up introducing large foreign populations into otherwise small and rural communities. It can change the atmosphere. It does change the tone and often in a way that you don't have to be happy with. It's not racist to accept to exp uh, express a preference. Being against money laundering is racist now. It is. It is. Uh, Malcolm had an excellent response to this, which is, I'll treat that as not worth a full reply. So completely owned, completely destroyed. This man's facts and logic have been used to desecrate this man's grave, and he's not even dead yet. Tweet review. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet review. That's what, that's what we're in right, uh, what we're doing uh, right now. I just want to point out as well that a lot of people had this kind of response where they pointed out to Dan, they said, oh, well, if that's so bad, why don't we ever hear you racists talk about this? And it'll be a headline of oh, the, uh, the, the UK's largest grooming gang, and it's just a, a row of white faces. 
And the reason that people don't talk about these, or at least people on our side of the aisle don't, is because generally speaking, as soon as the police are made aware of these situations wherein there's no racial component or no minority component, uh, the police go, all right, we'll look into that. They start an investigation immediately. The law is enforced. Yeah, and they do what they're supposed to do. Whereas with Rotherham, for instance, it was ignored for, what, two decades, purely for the sake of not wanting to appear racist. That's why we don't bring these things up. Because generally, if it's white people doing the crime, the police do their job. But moving on, the reason that one of the, a lot of people are confused about the Turkish farmers, barbers and why they're popping up should be obvious. And that's because, as the Daily Mail points out here, they might be being used as bases for human trafficking, slave labor, and drugs, according to security experts. So I'll just read through a bit of this article. There's quite a bit of info to go through, so I'll try and make sure I get through it as quickly as possible while making it clear for everyone. So security sources told the Mail on Sunday that gangs are using some businesses to conceal the proceeds of crimes and that many could be a base for human trafficking and slave labor in the same way that nail bars and car washes have been used in the past. The explosion of barbershops in London and other major UK cities has prompted experts to call for an investigation. So they say the cities, but it's also the towns and the villages as well. You can go to some random village that you've never heard of in the middle of nowhere. Chances are it'll have a Turkish barber in it. Some are being run by Albanian and Kurdish gangs. So they're not even Turkish, damn it. We're being lied to on so many levels. Have you figured out where Kurdistan is yet? No. Because we had a conversation about this and you, were, you thought it was all in Iran. No. All right. Um, third of it's in Turkey. That's so fair. That, that's, yeah. that's fair. But the Albanians as well. Yeah. You ever seen those a, a lovely green text from a guy who was like, I am Turkish, but I became Christian, so Albanians would stop calling me brother? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I've, I've not seen that, actually. But anyway, so it's Albanian and Kurdish gangs suspected of making money by smuggling tens of thousands of migrants from Calais to Dover on lorries and small boats across the channel. Former Metropolitan Police Officer, and I feel like they chose this man in particular to avoid any accusations of racism, Ali Hassan Ali, we were just like, okay, we need to get this guy's opinion on it just to make sure, <laughs> uh, said, right across high streets, we have seen a boom in barbers opening up since the pandemic. A lot of these shops have thousands of pounds of equipment, but no customers. While in some of these cases, shops will be involved in legitimate business, from my own experience, there is strong reason to believe a large number, particularly those owned by Albanians, Turks, and Kurds, have links to organized crime. This can be people smuggling and in some cases drugs. We know that people smuggling gangs in Calais have been traditionally operated by Kurds, but they are now working with the Albanians, presumably to smuggle across our new generation of cocaine dealers. He added, the sudden increase of barbershops is really concerning because they are playing a part in funding human trafficking and the misery that it causes. The latest data compile, compiled by the National Hair and Beauty Federation shows that between 2014 and 2019, there was a 64% increase in the number of barbershops in the UK, from 7,958 to 13,046. So you've got, what, almost uh, just a, a little over 6,000 more barbershops. Do, have we had almost double? the need for haircuts. Nah. As, you, as you point out, has demand for haircuts and close shaves with a straight razor. Have they really increased that much? I doubt it. This isn't a situation where access, <laughs> supply creates demand. That's not one of those situations. I'm just going to tell a short story. I'm not All right, go on. Because um, I've been to a few of these before I figured out and then went, no. And oh, yeah. I found someone that's a Brazilian place. Before you noticed the shackles on the people uh, cutting your hair. No, the conversations I had with the people cutting my hair are what scared me. Oh, really? Because um, a few of them were clearly illegal. 
like after talking to them, there's one yes. guy from Syria and I was like, how did you get here? And he just like told me. And I was like, oh, all right. Oh, but he just came straight out with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, there was one guy from Iraqi Kurdistan. Uh, so we started talking about his upbringing. Uh, he told me he went to a university that doesn't exist. Uh, I then asked him about, because he was telling me he was there during the rise of ISIS and them taking over a large part of Iraq. So I asked him about that period and he told me that ISIS didn't exist and it was all Western lies. And I was like, eh. okay, all right. He's like, hey, by the way, do you want a clean shave next to your neck? No, I don't. No, I'm all I'm, right. I'm good, mate. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Maybe, that, maybe that's wrong of me to think that maybe the chap who um, defends ISIS might be in a, a guy I don't want with a razor near my neck. You know, while I could just call you racist, and I'm sure if dear old Malcolm were here, he would call you racist. Well, I've, I've got a bar recommendation for him. I can say that, you know, uh, you're alive. Yeah. So, <laughs> it turns out it was a good decision. Because <laughs> otherwise, you might not have been. Not to say that everyone offering you a close shave with a straight razor is going to cut your neck, but generally, ISIS. <laughs> if he's defending ISIS, maybe think twice. Uh, at the same time, let's carry on with the <laughs> information in this article. The more upmarket hair salons have shown an increase of 21% from uh, almost 14,000 to almost 17,000 from 2014 to 2019. According to the National Hair and Beauty Fe Federation, there are over 46,000 hair and beauty businesses in the UK, with three quarters of these employing fewer than five people. Last year, for a, for a, a definitive example of one of these barbershops, that has just been the front for a criminal organization. Let's just see this. An investigation by the National Crime Agency found that Gulwali Jaberkul, who was 33, was using his barbershop in Collendale, North London, as a front for organized crime. Really? I know, big shock here, big shock. The Afghan was trying to recruit lorry drivers to bring migrants from northern France and Belgium into the UK, offering around £2,500 per person smuggled. It's really weird, isn't it? That's a lot of money. I'm sure he was in the Turkish barbers though there's quite a lot of turnover mm, I have staff. noticed that generally you know for the amount of staff that they have and the amount sure. of staff that they turn over and the lack of customers you've got to think you know these, these staff members aren't doing their job right are they that must be it has to be it the close shaves they're giving people terrible the few haircuts you're driving customers away lad we're going to have to bring out someone in and it's just the same problem over and over and over again can't get the staff anymore. Yeah, just can't rely on good people. <laughs> From northern France. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was arrested at his barbershop and last April was jailed for 10 years. I mean, um, longer than that, please. He's trying to sneak in illegal people into the country and sneak them into literal slavery situations. De so. de deport, please. Or Yeah, him to Taliban, please. I think deport as well. Either jail him forever or deport him out of the country because 10 years from now, well, actually, probably five years from now, when he gets out, he will just try and do the same thing again. And, and the British security services will be shocked. They'll be surprised Pikachu face at the side. <gasps> no one saw this one coming. Three other associates of him of his received shorter sentences. The NCA, uh, the NCA recently warned that the amount of criminal cash leaving the UK has risen exponentially over the past four years, driven by Albanian drug gangs sending money home. Organized crime syndicates from the Balkan state have almost taken over the UK's cocaine market, while Turkish gangs have traditionally dominated the heroin supply. So we can't even get native drug dealers anymore. Terrible shame. I thought we voted Brexit for better than this. Trusted associates will be tasked... Okay, people joke like that, but it would actually be better if no, all it, of the... it would. Yeah, because there would be less violence. Because that's the reason the foreigners did take over the drug trades, because they are more violent than the domestics. Yes. 
That's not my point. No, no, that's that's. It, it is important to note that British drug dealers are actually our best drug dealers. They're our guys because if we get them found guilty, we can punish them here. Whereas just deporting them isn't really a threat. And also, if if we get them here and punish them, generally speaking, the uh, police establishment won't be terrified of arresting them and actually punishing them for the crimes that they do and being afraid of called, being called racist for doing so. Or inspiring hatred towards particular minority groups. Should I actually run on a pledge to make all drug dealers British once again? I think we should. Yeah. That's, that's what's going to win us the next election. You're going to get <laughs> council estate after council estate will be voting for us. That's right, they took our jobs there, dude. Okay. Make yeah. drug dealers British again, yeah. Uh, trusted associates will be tasked with shipping back the proceeds of crime with businesses used as a front to clean the money. And that's why they're popping up everywhere. If they are stopped, they are able to argue that the wealth is from British-based businesses such as car washes, nail bars, or barbershops. Glenn Rankin, who used to work for the Human Trafficking Centre, which became part of the NCA, said, it may be that people who are smuggled into the UK could be made to work in these shops until their debt is paid. We should be looking at them like we did at the nail bars and car washes. Last night, and this article is from, what, March, I think? So that'll be back in March. A spokesman for the NCA said, money laundering is a key factor of serious and organized crime. The NCA and its partners in law enforcement, government, and the private sector are committed to disrupting the flow of illicit cash and preventing organized criminals from benefiting from their crimes. So maybe get in touch with the councils and tell them to stop letting so many Turkish barbershops literally engulf and consume the high street, please. But let's look at another example of what I'm talking about. So there was this article from The Telegraph at around the same time, talking about the same subject that gave a different example in here. So the police officers behind the first UK's first child modern slavery prosecution previously warned that traditional Turkish barbershops are using slave labor, urging men to use the, who use these services to look out for exploitation. So when you avoided that close shave, you were just doing a citizen's work, all in a day's work, eh? I am indeed a vigilante. There you go. Thank you for your service, kind fellow. The hero Swindon deserves. <laughs> I won't go to the Turkish barber. I'll go to the Brazilian. There we go. There is no English one. They're all gone. There is one. Huh? Yeah, yeah, well, Where? Uh, in the um, West Swindon Link Centre, there is a barber shop next to the Asda, which is owned and run entirely by English people. Give me a yeah, yeah, okay. You can look into that. You can book your next hair appointment. Detective Inspector Charlotte Tucker's two-year investigation into the forced labor of Vietnamese teenagers at Deluxe Nails in Bath and Gorgeous Nails in Burton-on-Trent resulted in the conviction of three people. The young salon workers had been trafficked into the UK and were forced to work 60-hour weeks for little or no recompense. In 2018, a Kite Mark-style scheme was introduced for car washes as well to crack down on modern slavery, where the public would be able to choose a car wash displaying the scheme's logo, meaning the site had passed an audit. Because obviously we've got lots of nail salons in the UK that are owned by foreign people, and also car washes, where it will be not the fancy, te uh, fancy big manual, uh, sorry, automatic car washes you can go to, but the manual ones where you can get people to do it by hand. These will always be run and staffed by foreigners. So it seems that a lot of these places, as well as the Turkish barbers, are also fronts for illegal foreign criminal activity. My taxi driver in Afghanistan, he'd actually come to the UK and got a job doing that. Oh, so for sure. Yeah, there um, you go. When they arrested him and asked him if he wanted to claim asylum, he just said, what is asylum? So then he volunteered to get deported Wait, back so, to Afghanistan. So they arrested him and then went, how would you like to be jammed in the British asylum system for the next 10 years so we can't get rid of you? That was their first that, question. That's, that's the system. After working. they found out this guy is literally just an illegal immigrant. They went, hey, would you like to stay here and leech off the UK government yeah. for the next 10 years? Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, English police system. 
But along with all of this, all, all the organized crime, there comes a lot of the other problems that you just get with a lot of hostile foreign populations coming in, who oftentimes are actually quite hostile to one another as well, because criminals and criminal gangs, this may surprise you, don't get along with each other either. Big shock, I know. Pick your jaw off the floor. Feud between Summercoats barbers turned into a fatal street fight. Five men are on tra- trial for murdering barber Seba Rash. A nice, typical Summercoat name right there. A Derbyshire barber was stabbed to death during an ongoing feud by a gang associated with a rival barbershop. Now tell me, if you've been to Derbyshire before, <laughs> these are just some... <laughs> I was like, you like you got, the last English barber I went to, it was an old man running it. Could you imagine them having gangs? <laughs> I can imagine very slowly. <laughs> Perhaps all of the all of the combatants in the local gang war have managed to incapacitate themselves by blowing out their hips. <laughs> They're writhing around on the floor in agony. When I read a story about oh, there's a gang war between barbers in Derbyshire, it's like, oh, really? That's all the information I need, is it? Yep, yep. Well, tell me if these names sound like classic, classic British names to you. So obviously we had a, a Mr. Slemon, who was known friends to friends as Seba Rash. Uh, these people who murdered him were Daniel Panahi, Kelvin Gar, uh, sorry, um, Harish Zandi, Mohammed Rasuli, uh, Sam Mahazi, and Mohammed Sekak. Classic British names, right there. So no Sekak. Did you? No, no, neither did. <laughs> Neither did I. Uh, then we got this one, which was quite fun. All I needed to do was type in Turkish barbershop into Google and then hit the news tab. And I, was, I found quite a few of these incidents. Two discharged from hospital and water, uh, Westerhope barbershop remains taped off after residents saw man on fire. What was the name of this barbershop? Can you reckon? It was Ahmed's. It was Ahmed's barbershop had been set on fire. To be fair, I've never done it, but could it be that fire thing they do? What the insurance fraud? No, you never, you never seen like the options you can have in a Turkish, like an actual Turkish bar. I've not one. actually been in. One. Okay, well, one that's not a front for crime. You can get the option where they have like uh, some fire, and then they put the fire behind your ears and stuff. Oh, I have seen that actually. Yeah, that looks stupid. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It looks like a really dumb thing to do. But no, the police are treating it as arson. Okay. Uh, because also a man came screaming out of the shop on fire. So unless unless that <laughs> went really wrong, <laughs> then I don't think it was just a freak accident. Yeah. And uh, then we get some lovely stories like this. Man accused of raping woman after locking her in the barbershop that he worked. A man, in nice big capital letters, is accused of raping a woman after allegedly shutting her in the barbershop. Barzan Naushawani is said to have carried out the sex attack on August 7th, 2022. Uh, this was in Glasgow, so that's a classic Glaswegian name. Uh, plenty of Scots I've met over the years have been known as uh, Barzan. And uh, the 38-year-old faces an initial charge as well, uh, an additional charge that he operated a private hire taxi without a license on that date. So, big surprise, right? So, there you go. That's the investigation done. I hope you can put all of the evidence together and realize exactly if you're living in a town and the entire high street is wall-to-wall barbershops, what's going on? And maybe if you do need a haircut, either A, try and find the one English barbershop within a 50-mile radius to give you a haircut, or do what I do and embrace the lion's mane. With that, we'll move on. Yes, we will. This one's going to be weird. You're not going to show me disgusting images, are you? I'm going to try not to, because I don't like them either. It's San Francisco. They'll be there. 
So I want to talk about the fact that some things are just the norm now, it seems. And this is a story about San Francisco, which I was talking to Carl and Harry just before we did a uh, podcast. This is a story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was telling them what I was going to write something about, and they would start boomering off about how San Francisco used to be a place of magic and somewhere people wanted to move to. Oh, you mean Harry Miller? Yeah. Okay, because I... Didn't, no, no, don't remember this sorry. conversation. And, and they were listening about how it was great. And honestly, sitting there, I can appreciate that maybe the past existed, but I cannot I picture a it. world in which San Francisco sounds good because all I know is um, poop, poop Street, Poop City. I would rather live in San Fierro from San Andreas. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> At least I could go and learn karate in what, like three lessons? I'm going to start reminiscing about San Andreas. We go down that it's route. A, it's a good game. Yeah, it's a good game. It really is. It's a shame. Anyway, but just to promote something on LoisIers.com real quick, I'm going to do the Cyberpunk dystopia in which we went over the fact that uh, there's that well, short That's story. a horrifying thumbnail. Yeah. Of uh, I have no mouth, but I'm a scream. And um, if you're in San Francisco, I suppose you have a nose and you must breathe. It's very sad. So there is a tweet I saw that inspired all of this, which is uh, this man here listing that there was a poop map once upon a time. And uh, the map still exists. That is a flood. Yeah. The people in San Francisco are <laughs> drowning in feces. As he lists, apparently the project was cancelled after 11 days because people started listing how much poop there was in public from humans. And uh, it's too much. It's too much to even map That's because true. you just end up with the whole street turning brown. You end up with the poop blob. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not fun. Good God. And uh, Imagine I Imagine the smell. I looked at this tweet and I thought, haha, yeah, I remember talking about that during the pandemic. Haha, ah, oh, that problem was weird. No, it's, it's, the, it's not gone away. A problem that they had. They had that, but no. So we'll get to the next link because this is the map in question. There is uh, just, I think you can go find it. I don't know if you can scroll down on this because uh, it's, it's got like a new layout, but just look at that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't map the whole United States, but God, that is funny. Actually, <laughs> a toxic wasteland. <laughs> 75,000 incidences in San Francisco and zero anywhere else. But, I can only imagine, you know when you walk down a street where there's pigeons that have crapped everywhere yeah. and you have to like walk around it and mm. try and dip and dodge through it. That's what it's like walking through San Francisco. Or you just sort of give up because it's everywhere and you end up walking through the sludge. Mm. That's uh, what I imagine. Hey, look at it. Look at this. Ridiculous. Don't, don't people walk around in San Francisco wearing sandals? <laughs> Jesus. I can't imagine it. Christ. So this is the up-to-date map, and as, as John's just scrolling around here, imagine living here, in which every street you walk down, there's at least six human feces piles. <laughs> You're walking down the street, you cross the street to miss one, and then you have to cross back. You've zigzagged through the place. I mean, look, unless you're literally living in India, I, I don't know if anyone lives like this. <laughs> this is just awful. I think these guys need that same campaign that they gave to India. We'll come back to that, okay? because I've got that recommendation. Oh, good. But this is the up-to-date map, as I mentioned. And, oh, good Lord, is it bad. But this is... I, I didn't really take into the fact when we covered it last time how long of a problem this has been going on and the growth of the problem of human turds so, in sorry, public. Did you just say how log of a problem? I didn't mean to. There we are. <laughs> Freudian well, slip. We'll get the next link here because this is an article from 2014 and it's tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> so you can see, like, oh, this guy has made a poop map about San Francisco. And the whole thing is about, like, ha-ha, this guy... You know, he had a he had a, a thing at his company because he's tech tech place, right? Where they they gave everyone a, a quirky idea of uh, come up with a really quirky program, and uh, whoever wins with the most quirky one will give you a prize. So he made a poop map. Oh, how funny is that? 
and uh, he went on to win his award. Yep. And the whole article is, of course, based on like, oh yeah, it is. It has, has become a bit of a problem, hasn't it? But ah, we cleaned up. I, anyway, I feel so bad for the public workers in San Francisco because this must be like eighty percent of their job. Yeah. I mean, they um, the writing in here. I'm just gonna read a little bit. San Francisco is a weird magnet for poop. <laughs> <laughs> Travel around in the grimmest of... <laughs> That's an amazing way to start an article. <laughs> Travel around the city in the grimmest of Easter egg hunts, and you'll find turds basking on the sidewalk, <laughs> chilling Sunday in the flower gardens, uh, gumming up the subway escalators. Hell, you even find them littering on the roof of three-story buildings with no roof access. But enough about the hippies. <laughs> They're right here. I assumed upon moving to this place, that it was irresponsible dog owners. I wish I could still believe that. Oh, God. There we are. Uh, We'll go to his map, of course, just to demonstrate that, you know, it was a quirky idea back in 2014, a whole, what was that, seven years ago now? I'm going to move it to the next one. Yeah, we got the next uh, image. Okay, here there we go. Are. So this is a... Uh... Oh, God, that's the worst <laughs> way of showing this yeah, as so, well. So for the article there, you, you may have seen that they, they used emojis. Uh, he did not. The, the chap that looks the like That looks like someone stained the map. <laughs> yeah, he made a density map. Oh, my God. So avoid <laughs> that place in particular. Where I can't even see what that is because there's a mountain of feces obscuring it on the map. The old Twitter headquarters, presumably. <laughs> I don't know. Just throwing it out the windows. Uh, she writes, fans of happy endings should know that Wong did, in fact, win the grand prize. So this is uh, Office Week Hack Week. There we are. Um, it wasn't the end of I the don't week. need to hear about poop and happy endings in the same sentence. That's, a, that's grim. Yeah. Anyway, but... Uh, Very German. Just because you point out that the city might have been brownwashed, it doesn't mean anyone's going to do anything about it, obviously. Because no, it's power. brown, but it's not been washed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, well, people are washing things in it. Uh, we'll get to that later. But we get to 2019, because, of course, five years later, people are still writing about it, being like, hey... It's getting worse. It's, um, it's still happening. 130,000 cases <laughs> since 20... Sorry, 2008 there. Right, this I, person. In, in the last segment, you gave an anecdote. Now I'm going to give an anecdote. I, oh, God. <laughs> I've never been to San Francisco, but I have spent a lot of time in Manchester. And Manchester is the sort of place where you get lots of homeless people around and you, 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 know, you walk past an abandoned phone booth and there'll be a guy smoking a crack pipe in there. Just, what but, else will be in the phone booth, huh? And that's no, well, no, actually, huh? even in Manchester, for as degraded as parts of it can be, I have only ever encountered a human poo on the floor once. That's actually incredible. I know, I know, right? I lived there for almost a year, and I've spent a lot of time there. But it's only when I was walking, I was hanging out with some friends, and we were by the canal, and we went down uh, and st- stood next to the water, and we turned around, and in the cr- in a crevice underneath a bridge by Deansgate. There was a hobo tent, and by the hobo tent, there was presumably a little present that he'd left for anybody who wanted to go near his tent. And that's the, but that's the only time I've ever experienced that, and yeah. that's in Manchester. Well, I mean, I've seen it in London where, of course, tourists go there and want to, oh, mum, mum, look, there's the red telephone box. There's that thing. Okay, well, they open it up, and then like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, standards are really slipped. Yeah, you take the picture, if you are a tourist coming to London, outside the telephone box. You do not yeah, go, in go in such a box. At any point, you value your life. Anyway, but it's not the only one. Um, one year later, sorry, no, a few years later, so that was 2019, this one here. In 2022, there's this. Why is there so much poop in San Francisco? Which is a funny article. I mean, I, uh, I love how he writes in all caps, I know there are people that associate dry turds on the road as an aspect of urban living. 
I'm here to tell you it's not. <laughs> you can live in a city and use the toilet. <laughs> Why is this so difficult for some people? And you might think to yourself, okay, well, maybe in that question of the chap in Manchester, where he's, uh, I don't know, the, the tents near the woods, I'm hoping, or some, some grass at least, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just, you know, they started charging 30 pence to use the, the bathrooms now. And of course, well, that, well, why do you think we made the bathrooms through in the first place, you fucking idiots in the council? It's because of this. Yep. So maybe well, it's people that. People like to think that we're so much more advanced than we were back in the Middle Ages when people would just throw their poo out the window. But at least in there, you'd probably have the courtesy of them shouting before they do it. Just get out of the way. In this, you just... No, there's just there. Like, to be fair, I haven't yet seen homeless people throwing their turds from buckets into strangers' faces, but San Francisco is there for <laughs> I, us. I have to... seen a few videos from San Francisco pretty similar. By the way, here's this. This is from 2013, as you can see here. San Francisco, 2023. Sorry, 2023. San Francisco keeps responding to calls about poop on this street. And, and I'm, you know, it's been years at this point since the quirky fun map that Mr. Wong made. This is what oh, happens. This is just the reality. This is what happens when you turn your entire city into an open-air drug den. Well, it does. I, I mean, as I mentioned about the idea that maybe they haven't got free toilets for it. They do in San Francisco. We'll get to that in a minute. It's ridiculous they how... They haven't learned... Well, they're too high to use them, I'd assume. It seems to be worse than that. Even worse? Yeah. God. San Francisco keeps all manner of data about its streets, including where the city gets most of its poop calls. Of course it does. In 2022, an address in the Bayview had the ignanimous distinction of being the crappiest in the city. And it led uh, that honor in 2023 again, with 311 hotline statistics showing that, you know, people calling in to the hotline saying, I found another one. <laughs> um, so there you are. It's like women from that episode of South Park. It's a eeka poop. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's fair, fair enough yeah. response. Uh, since January 2022, the address 1615 Oakdale Avenue has been the subject of no fewer than 174 calls uh, to the 311 uh, reporting animal or human waste line, according to a tally collected by the city. So it's the same place. Yeah. Over and over and over again. I assume yeah. that this is one of those roads where you get the homeless encampments. Well, this particular winner of the award is actually a funny, happy ending. Uh, instead of finding out that it's full of that. All right. So uh, they say, in fact, most of them are related to an, an electrical box that has been rusting. And unfortunately, it just happens to look like someone's been rubbing something against it. Uh, the complaints appear to have been made by the same person over and over again, according to the Department of Public Works. <laughs> most of the requests, which are sent by text message, include an identical image of the same signal box with the rust on it. I'll be honest, that's a pretty funny prank. It's <laughs> <laughs> just some guy who either walks by or, or walks by at once and just keeps sending the same text message. Sort this out. <laughs> Every single day. Or he's, I don't know, maybe he really feels proud to try and get that box de-rusted. Um, or, or maybe he's just having a laugh, which, you know, okay, whatever. But unfortunately, I can't say that the rest in the system are all but prank calls. The only message that I'm getting from this is that in San Francisco, if you want anything to be done about anything, <laughs> you tell them there's poop there. It's the only thing that works. Uh, so they say here, the, the 301 response notes, reviewed by the standard, uh, repeatedly said that no human waste was ever found at that site, and the signal box was already been steamed and cleaned multiple times. <laughs> so they just keep steam cleaning the same place. <laughs> they also note in the report, a, a human being had to write down in a human being report many a time that the area, quote, smelled good. As opposed to the rest <laughs> of San Francisco, which presumably oh. smells like crap. So, Inkable, 
open sewers. So you did smell human waste on a daily basis walking around. San Francisco lives in that same reality. So much so that government bureaucrats now have a little box when they go out to clean up. Sniff test. <laughs> Sniff test for the local area. So I'm sorry, for God's sakes, I mean, this is the normal for some places in the United States, isn't it? I mean, global superpower, money for everything. They can't even just go to the bathroom. Uh, the standard visit to the location on a recent Tuesday morning found a uh, relatively clean sidewalk with no excrement. Relatively clean, so it's still covered in something. It's, like got some, it's got some pee there, but no poo. Yeah, I wonder if we can keep this gif here, because it's rather funny. Just as they write, like, you know, oh, there's no excrement. Break out the champagne, boys. Another success. The street is not without real cleanliness problems, however. Nearly every day, workers for a nearby restaurant power wash a, uh, an alcove by the eatery that is often used as a toilet. Has to be scrubbed down, public work officials said. So right next to that victory of every day turning up and finding no poop, there is actually, right next to it, a little entrance to a store which every day is filled with poop. So <laughs> just imagining them, they find that one little bit, yeah, walk a few paces. Oh, Yeah, also, I think the sniff test, maybe I, the local workers, their noses are so polluted at this point that they can't tell the difference because no, they're, they're so finely tuned <laughs> they can sniff. In right a... there, there is no poop. <laughs> yep. Behind me, however, <laughs> ah, quote, the fact that there is a staffed public toilet available close by suggests that the issue might be more complex regarding the person or persons using the area as a toilet. because they're all on drugs, said the uh, local government bureaucrat, Rachel. I don't think Rachel lives in the real world to deal with the... Co it's just a bit more complex, Harry. Oh, but okay, that's it. That's it. The fact that you've got homeless encampments of everybody taking drugs and the city Ooh. actually encourages this by sending out clean needle kits and such. Just they don't know how to go. nothing to do with it. So we just need to buy them diapers, that's... I, I, oh. I mean, okay. now I've said that, I know that will be a government program in San Francisco in 10 that, years. That, that will be, because they, won't, they don't want people to stop being on drugs, and they don't want people to stop hurting themselves by taking heroin, but they do want the streets to be slightly cleaner. They'll so just be dirty nappies, adult size, all oh. over the city instead. No, that's even worse, right? Because they can float if they're picked up in wind currents. Oh no! <laughs> that's, that's actually worse. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so San Francisco is going to be worse than Kabul within a few years. So, right, Kabul, after the Taliban took over, they like basically took all the drug addicts and forced them to go cold turkey, right? Yeah. So Kabul has a, a human waste problem, but not a drug problem. San Francisco has a human waste problem and a big drug problem. They are doing worse. Yeah. They have, they have more than them. So, in fact, the Public Works runs a public bathroom known as the Pit Stop right next to the intersection. A man who runs it, who would not give his name, except say his first name, which was Justin, for some reason. I think he doesn't want to be associated with his job, which is fair enough. Yeah, fair. Uh, he said that feces issues, like social justice issues or e economic issues, <laughs> feces what, issues. What we need is fecal justice. <laughs> <laughs> he said fecal issues in the area are not as intense as other parts of the city. Great. Uh, according to the data, some sort of San Francisco's most excrement-filled streets are in the Tenderloin and Somar neighborhoods, uh, the Tenderloin in particular has publicly struggled to help its growing unhoused population. Unhoused, I love that term. To address their filthy streets. I mean, I just love the leftist American language there. The unhoused population address the filth. The um, homeless drug addicts. Essing in the street. Yep. <laughs> like that's the reality. Quote, it's terrible. This street is covered, said Joe Souza, 
a Tenderloin resident who has lived in Larkin Street for a year. There's poop everywhere. You always see it along the wall and in front of the garbage there. The four-block zone in Tenderloin between Larkin and Taylor Streets recorded dozens of fecal-related calls and cleaning requests in the last five months, but residents say the problem is actually much larger than the number of calls because, of course, they don't make calls for every single one. So well, yeah. take the data and double it. And that's the extra. So remember that map from earlier? Oh, yeah, yeah. Double it. <laughs> well, because I mean, if you, you're only going to make, if you find five turds on the floor, you're only going to make the one call. You're not going to report them each individually. Are you? you make the one call. But you might as well wake up every morning and just be like, yeah, yeah, it's me again. Uh, I've not been down yet. I'm still getting changed. But I know. But could you just, just go the whole street? Yeah. Just... Yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, the, the chap here, we clean up five of those feces a week, said Buzik Ozilukh. A manager for a halal Dagakhan uh, restaurant. He's of Uzbek origin, so all right. Uh, he lives on the corner of Larkin and Sutter Streets. He says the government should really punish people for doing this for the fine. Uh, we need to keep the city clean. I don't think he's solved who's doing it either. Like they're going to pay a fine. Uh, the city has, I mean, to be honest, frankly, if someone is that prolific in essing in the street, just lock them up. You deserve prison. You are, or say, an asylum. Uh, surely there's some public nuisance law that you can, can we make poop prisons? Up. What, out of poop? We'll make some poop camps. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep the, the poopers. <laughs> you think I'm joking? That would solve it. Uh, I, I, I know, but I feel like... You're going some... to be sent to poop camp <laughs> you until you learn to poop. <laughs> you, you would have the UN saying that it was some kind of contravention of human rights. <laughs> They'd <laughs> jump in and say, under international Biden's law... kids in cages. Why is he keeping kids in cages? I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because their parents are uh, oh. grown adults. Poopers. Anyway, the city has responded to cleanliness concerns in Tenderloin by establishing new cleaning programs and eradicating, sorry, erecting seven pit stops, is what they call them. Those are public bathrooms with a needles program attached for some oh. reason. Who knows why? So with, an, with a needle bin, yeah. I see in your notes here, but presumably they can pick up some nice clean needles as well while they're there. I, I just love the idea that the pit stops are all being erected there because they think that the, the drug adult like losers are just unsure. They're like, well, it's down the road, so I'm, I'm just going to... Oh, they never yeah. taught me. My parents never showed me how. It's like they aren't taking notice of the toilets. They're just... Yeah, okay. They say so far in 2023, the city has received 1,322 calls to remove feces in Tenderloin. Now, I did the numbers for when this article was published. That's more than 10 a day on the same street. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do but laugh? <laughs> what can you do but laugh? San Francisco, you are a joke city. You have so many, you have so many problems. People are killing themselves taking drugs on the street. But the main sign that anything is wrong is that your streets are literally covered in human feces. Could you imagine? I mean, I could see why in the previous segment everyone is leaving San Francisco. Yeah. Good on you. But if you dare vote for the people that caused this situation, you are honestly worse than Satan because you have gone to innocent people who have built a fasting society and gone, how do I tear this down and fill it with feces? <laughs> so, literally, how do I turn this society to sh... Imagine turning up to Florida and be like, ah, oh, no enough feces in the streets, I miss it. That's I'm voting blue no matter right, who. We need to keep a lookout for other states that these people are moving to to see if this starts cropping up elsewhere. We're going to have to start getting armbands for people from San Francisco being like, look, sorry, you we got to keep an eye on you Yep, because we've seen what's happened. Anyway, the best part is that this article is funny as it is. Well, I mean, tragic for anyone who lives there, but I don't, so sniff it. Um, instead, th there's a website they have in which they, they list them all. Oh, there should be a, another link in here, John, if you can load it up, which is a, a San Francisco city infrastructure link. 
This is actually a San Francisco government website. Yes. Um, in which they have decided to uh, tell everyone. Oh, there it is. My apologies. My apologies. Yep. And uh, where you can find it. So here we can see we've got the, uh, the date in which uh, the cases have been opened. So this is yesterday. So everything's 24 hours behind because they have to update it at the end of the night. So we can see here. Uh, I happened to check this when I was looking at this and it was quite a few. So I'm assuming it's the same. So we can see here. Oh, we got some street walking and whatnot. But there was uh, loads, just loads on the day I looked at it where it was just. I just keep Tub scrolling down. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of information on here. City garbage. But there we are. Sign repair. Oh, it's not coming up now. That's no, annoying. No, keep, they removed keep, it. Just keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Oh, because it, it literally was just like filled with them. I was like, okay, many such cases. Passing enforcement. Just keep going. Come on. They've got rid of it. Oh, that's annoying. It was there. You'll have to take my word. But either wait, way. Wait, no, find in the status set. John, just click in find in the status set and just put public defecation. Just, just the word shh <laughs> instead. <laughs> public. Yep, yep. Go on. can't remember the wording they used. Well, anyway, whatever. You'll have to check out in your own time. But as mentioned with the previous data, that place had 10 a day. According to the data set, so that's um, I mean, that's not you, fun. You know, in in the UK, you check the the weather when you wake up. You check the part, uh, you, bus routes, <laughs> check any <laughs> traffic issues. And then in San Francisco, is it's there going to be any forecast? <laughs> is there going to be any poop in my in my walk they've this be, morning? Even made like a poop tile. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can check the level of poop. It's, it's quite interesting. Bing, bing, bong. bing bing bong 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 bong. <laughs> Some of the other maps showed that it was a lot throughout the entire city, but here it really does show that it's very much concentrated in a few areas, which I can only assume are the places where. But you could always. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a light. There's a light um, shower. Those <laughs> looking to avoid poo on their journey today should, should head to Main Post, in which there have only been two. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> so enjoy that. Anyway, we'll end this off with the fact oh. that John led me in on um, something as he was literally preparing the thumbnail for this. Uh, he told me, Callum, have you seen this? Uh, oh, San Francisco homeless oh. price is so bad, people appear, appear to be using it as graffiti. So that, and, yeah, I don't want to look at that, so I'm not going. Although that does actually bring back, you know, we were looking at that earlier, and it did say a lot of them were graffiti. Oh. Street and sidewalk cleaning. Oh, that's what it's used. There we are. So there we go. Yeah, that's what, that's, that's that's the, um, what it'll be. Maybe graffiti also includes... It doesn't specify what the graffiti, <laughs> if it's paint... So if we do, I suppose we'll do street and sidewalk cleaning then instead. Yeah, there's so quite a lot of it. Let's do that. Let's do a copy there. Let's, uh, let's have some fun. This is how the segments are made in real time. There we yep. are. If you can hit the enter button for me. There we are. That's a lot. Ooh. That's a lot. Just in the one day. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, it is all in the one day. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's no point. That's about, what is it, 20 yesterday? Yep. The, the day before... Oh, it just keeps going. Oh, good God. <laughs> what the hell? That's a lot. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And the day before that? We've not even it's reached the day to. before. Oh, God, we haven't. This just goes all the way back still. Oh, wow. That's the that's two days. Yeah, that's two days. And that's that's one day not filled properly. Oh, God. Is there another? That's there's two another... days of poo. Let's go to the next. Oh, my God. Second sheet here. <laughs> there's two There's two sheets. They're sealed. Three there's, sheets. There's three sheets of sheets. Four sheets of shit. <laughs> oh my god. Are we? Are we for stop five? Are we at five? Do you want to take your bets now in the chat about when I'm going to stop finding? It's doing piles it on a minute, of s by minute basis. God, that's six. Are we at six now? Seven. 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 Folks. All right. Uh, okay. No. Eight. That's all. Oh no, we're no. still not there. Oh god. We're only just got into the a.m. Nine. 
nine piles? So it seems around the mid-afternoon is when people really started to speed up. Jesus Christ, boys. Okay, and in the morning, people needed to, you know, get their morning uh, movements out. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Do, I've lost count. We're at 11, aren't we? 12? Uh, I don't even know. 14? 15? John, 15, right. John's has 15. John's keeping count. I'm not moving on until we get to the end. There oh, we, there are. we go. There we go. 16 pages per day is what you will find of uh, street walk cleaning. And um, as they listed here, oh, yes, um, just, just garbage. Uh, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A bulky item. Oh, good. oh, dear. But anyway, that's a lot of cleaning to be doing. And as noted, um, it's, it's quite a bit. Uh, I can't scroll back out on that, I think, probably. Without, uh, well, let's press go the on, button. There you go. There press the are. button. But if you want to live in San Francisco, um, don't. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> Instead, check out the data, I suppose. And we'll end this off with, as you mentioned, where is uh, one organization that may be able to save the United States. The UN is going to have to come. For people who don't know, the UN made this a while back. This is the Poo to the Loo campaign for India. I honestly couldn't <laughs> believe this when you told me about this. I thought this was something. Some, I thought you were joking, but yeah. no, this is, this is real. This is an Indian language public service announcement that is several minutes long and highly animated, in which they try to convince... This is all of the poos being sucked into the San Francisco poo magnet. <laughs> they, they try and convince the Indian population that maybe you should start using the toilet. Um, whole other conversation to be had. But frankly, if we could make an American dubbed version, perhaps, yeah. uh, so just a little region there instead, you can make this your... your why, why would you make this your phone tune? That's, that's awful. All right, whatever. But there's... Uh, yeah, anyway, just end it there. Average San Franciscan on his way to work. <laughs> right? <laughs> so what we need, what we, we need this video with a dubbed version of the Don't Be Rama Rama Stop Sniffing Petrol song that they did for the Abos <laughs> in Australia. Don't be Rama Rama, put it in the loo. <laughs> in the video comments. When I was a kid, they'd always be playing this the movie Zulu on the TV at my grandfather's house. Didn't understand the politics of it at the time, but they all seemed pretty awesome and thought it was the best thing ever. The documentary Audio Africa actually covers a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff there because they were filmed at the same time. And what's interesting is that in their huts, they had all these orchestra pieces in there so that they could roll out pianos and whatnot to play while they weren't filming to pass the time. You should do a review of that documentary. It's hilarious, but also horrifying. Oh, that's pretty cool. It. Sounds funny, though. Yeah. Oh, nice one. We need to go into the Capitol! Into the Capitol! I'm going to make a prediction about Ray Epps, the result of his indictment is that he is cleared of all charges. And the reason for this is because then that opens the door legally for him to try and bankrupt both Fox News and Tucker Carlson. All right. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll find out. I, I, I mean, if he is a Fed and the Feds are investigating him and then charging him, nothing's going to happen. No, he'll get some relocation. Because he's a Fed. Hey guys, in response to uh, your segment about UFOs and accessing extra dimensions, I strongly recommend this book by Michio Kaku, Hyperspace. 
because he talks about this in great detail. Oh, okay, nice. I'm not going to read it, I'll be frank. No, um, um, because I don't like Michio Kaku. But that's, that's oh, all. I don't know who he is. Uh, Why don't you like him? I find him kind of insufferable. Who is he? He's a scientist who does quite well at trying to explain things, but um, I don't like the way he does it. It's just personal taste. Huh. Fair play. Also, liked your, liked your Sting Blade on the wall. That's awesome. cool. I haven't given a shout out actually to cscooper.com.au in a little while because I, I did actually get your book about the gingerbread man. Um, I don't know if you realized because the story I got from it was one of slavery. And, um, what? <laughs> so I don't, have it, I don't have it on me. So this is going to sound like I'm, I mean, we've got it in, on, on the bookshelf in the office, right? Yeah, I don't know if, John, you could run and get it. It's on the John, book. run and get the gingerbread man book. Go on. So I don't look quite like I'm sniffing glue. It's the other one, the other way. It's in the, the, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there Sorry, we go. John. We're just sending him on a runabout right now. Uh, the reason I'm going to mention it is because um, so C.S. Cooper sent us a, a book. It's about a gingerbread. And uh, the story goes, there's an old couple who are farmers and uh, they, they make gingerbread men and then they make the gingerbread men uh, go into the fields and pick the crops and everything's going well for them. They're making money using these men to make... And then they decide to brew a massive gingerbread man who will do it much faster because he's big and strong. And then he... He rebels and overthrows them, and then they're indebted. Uh, it's a kid's story. Here we though. go. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. Show yourself on camera, John. Do it. Don't be are. a coward. Say hello to the audience, John. Hey. That's been on before. <laughs> we did a whole Christmas episode. Well, I, I know, but it's been a while since people have seen it. Anyway, I just want to get... Yeah, there we are. There we are. There's the animation, in which you can see the uh, gingerbread slaves working rather hard. <laughs> and, um, and then they brew the big, the big slave, and uh, the big slave overthrows them. And um, the, the thing I got from that was keep your slaves weak, which I don't think was meant to be the message. <laughs> w was it don't breed the big slave? Yeah. So um, if you want to teach your kids about how to be good slaveholders, um... this is not a fantastic, <laughs> uh, this is not a great advertisement. Well, I don't know. What's, might... what's the actual intention of the book outside of your disturbingly warped reading <laughs> of it? Um, I don't really know because that's, that's all I've got. There we are. Is happy Australian man. This is typical Australian. They're all made of gingerbread because they're not real. He rebelled against the evil slave owners who made him. So um, yeah, there we are. If you uh, if you want a book to teach your children about the moral, did he then help? Did the big gingerbread man? Did he help like Shrek take out Prince Charming afterwards? No, it just, it just ah good event. But anyway, no. I, I mean, I'm sort of being chung and cheek, but I, sincerely, when I actually read it, I was like. That's a weird message. <laughs> so, <laughs> probably don't put that on the cover of, of the next printing, but <laughs> my review. There we are. <laughs> what? It was about slavery, Callum. Good for slavers' kids. What? <laughs> anyway, let's... You want your daughter to grow up to be a slaver? Give her this. Let's move on. The, the various oh, shots that people are getting now cover that. John, should there be audio playing? Because okay. uh, we're not getting you're not any. Gonna... You're not going to get COVID if yeah, you I think something's gone wrong. I think yeah. if the you're gods vaccinated are smiting us after your terrible review you are highly of the gingerbread protected. man. There's no excuse. <laughs> no excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. I can just assume this that continues people can hear to be a pandemic of weird. the unvaccinated. I hope you can hear it because um, I want to give our audience their value for money so they can get our opinions on these things. John, do you mind just fiddling about again to make sure that we can get the audio. I swear the studio literally runs like Warhammer logic. Like we need to burn some incense or something. I think yeah. we need to roll D20. Yeah. John's telling me it's very strange. Apparently everyone can hear it, but I, I'm still standing by. I don't know what your thoughts are on the idea that the 
I mean, sincerely, should we stop praying? No, we should praise the machine spirit to get the video comments to work. Maybe that's that's all I'm down to. Anyway, can you can you just play? Because I I I do want to hear what that was because people send these things in so that they can get out. There we go. Various shots that people are getting now cover that. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. If you're vaccinated and boosted, you are highly protected. So there's no excuse, no excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Fair play. Nice little compilation. I will say him photoshopped like that looks like a mighty Boosh character. He does. He does. I'm never going to get over that. He looks like the moon. Saga though. Oh, yes. You shouldn't get over it. You should stay angry about it. Let's get on to the written comments then. Yeah, I suppose so. Don't we have anything constructive to say otherwise? Um, not reading that name. <laughs> says, I've actually managed to catch a live show for the first time. I've just subscribed the other week and I can say it's the best thing I've done. The amount of information your team puts out is amazing and important. So please don't stop. Also, Carl's segment on future technologies is depressing at times. I'm glad we've had a heads up. So there we are. That's the problem is that um, whenever we talk about predictions for the future, everybody gets really depressed. So that's just the problem with the future then, isn't it? Derek Power says, Harry and Callum, thank you for once again demonstrating that you are funnier than Crowder, and I made the right choice. We're also manlier than Crowder, bigger biceps than Crowder. I want to start things with Crowder. I like Crowder. (laughs) Treat women better than Crowder. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what's happened with all that in the end. I saw saw all of those clips that were coming out at the time, and I've not seen any development since then. And I will say, those clips didn't make Crowder look great. Well, the only thing I heard is he said that it's all taken out of context, don't believe it, and then he's taking it to court to prove that it's all um, insincere. I will say, the, the clip where he was shouting at his wife, who was eight months pregnant, forcing her to do the lawn and such, while shouting about how much she doesn't appreciate him, would be difficult to put into a context where it doesn't make him look bad. Might but be one. Once again, know. I don't know anything else about it, other than a few clips I saw on Twitter, so maybe they were taken out of context. Yeah. Are we on segregation? So- no, 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 no. We've got one more from the special comments at the top that are complimenting us. I know you don't like compliments, Callum, but you're I getting I sincerely them. don't. They're kind of a... a Goblin Gorstwobbler says, uh, two of my favorite geezers together, ha- Harry representing the hometown and Callum representing autism. Lovely. What's the hometown? Turkish barbers? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe this person is also from Nantwich. If so, I hope you're having a lovely day. I was there last week. I miss it. Should we tell them the meme about the man? Well, oh, <laughs> have we not already told that story on here? Let's leave it. Let's 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 have an air of mystery around it in case we haven't. And if we have, oh yeah, if if, if we haven't, if we go find it, let us know in the comments below so that uh, I can know to tell it in the future when next time we're on together. Segregation is here. So Le French integration says France has done pretty well in integrating the foreigners on a cultural. I mean, oh, come on, <laughs> it has more issues I mean... on the economic level, however. Because I have a few. I, I'm sorry. I have a few riots to point you towards. I, I'm just maybe that French culture. Maybe he's got. A point. Oh yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, he says, look, they're rioting along with the rest of us. Oh, we ah, it makes you proud. So be French. <laughs> <laughs> On the economic level, however, because it turns out many of the foreigners can only afford to live in the poor areas, uh, that's why we end up with cultural enclaves that regularly make the news. I um, to be honest, I'm not French, so I'm not that integrated. But looking at it from the outside, I don't see those chaps as um, French as the average Frenchman that I meet when I go to France. Not not really a fan of um, either of the cultures, though. 
because I'm English. Mm. Anyway, so if you left says, shockingly, you import the world, you also get the world and their conflicts. And I'm just saying, if the Italians had not been allowed to migrate to the United States, there wouldn't have been any Italian mafia. Uh, there's always a risk in taking anybody. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think to be fair, I think the from what I've read recently, the Italian mafia actually took uh, took the place of the Jewish mafia who were occupying that same position before. Oh, like turn of the 1900s. I, I think, thought it'd be the American mafia mostly. Like the, no, no, no. It's it's like you know, they were loan they, sharks. Basically, they, they just keep getting use uh, like replaced one after the other after <laughs> a, a certain point. There's this mafia, then there's Jewish mafia, and then the Italians come in, or maybe it may be the other way around. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm just I, trying to think of like the Al Capone era years, and then yeah. beyond that. Like I would have just assumed, like other Americans took over the place, but yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, a lot of my knowledge is coming from playing Mafia Two, which is I need the best to play one. those games. You haven't played Mafia Two? No, no, I haven't. Oh, you're. I'm not a big fan of Mafia One. Well, they did a re- Too old. They, Well, they did a remake of it where they updated the control scheme and made it a lot more accessible. Okay. So I might play that and then Mafia Two as well. Definitely get Mafia. It's my favorite. I I hooked up. Because for my for my birthday the other week, my missus got me an old PS3 that's backwards compatible. Uh, so I hooked it up last night and started playing Metal Gear Solid 2, and I'm I'm loving it. Although sadly, I didn't save through the entire tanker section, and then the console overheated while the last cutscene was playing of that section. So I have to replay the whole thing again tonight. There's a section in Mafia 2. You basically need to borrow 50 grand to go and buy heroin, so then sell it and make 100 grand, and then you pay the loan shark 75, or whatever, right? And uh, obviously, it all goes wrong and everything. But they don't explicitly say it, but you go down to the loan shark, and it's just some um, horrendous stereotype. How oh, is it? I think it's the, the way I can pronounce it. <laughs> really? He's literally sat there with his hands like this. Is he doing this? <laughs> no, but oh, okay. He does this and has quite the nose. <laughs> and it's That's just there like, so you want to borrow money, do you? <laughs> you came like, to the right place, buddy. Yeah, and I'm looking at it like, this was made in the modern year. <laughs> Well, cl- okay. close, but not entirely the modern year. Yeah. What, like 2009? Mafia 2? Yeah, I think oh, Mafia 2. Times have passed, haven't it? I, I know, yeah, yeah. That was before the dark times. Anyway, Lord Nerevasa, segregation is kind of uh, inevitable. Let me explain. Everyone has an in-group preference to some extent, except white leftists, and so they'll prefer, prefer to be around people of their own kind. Uh, so you get places like Little Italy or Harlem, forming around New York City. Assimilation is unnatural to the human condition, not desirable. Not um, undesirable. Not undesirable, mind you, but natural. Yeah, this um, is fair. And if people want to uh, mix and integrate with one another, and if, the, if it works out great when they do that, fantastic. But if people just want to keep to themselves on their own, I don't see why the government should be sticking its nose in any of their business. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. It's just reality is that people don't mix. So yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I think we should... That's why, that's why I'm saying if they choose to do so off of their own volition, off their own opinions, then you know that's great if they do that and if it actually works even better. But the government shouldn't be forcing people to associate with sure. those they don't want to. But I'm just, I'm, I'm more trying to get to the point of I'm irritated with the fact as, as the West, we assume that they will and when they won't, we think as a nation, how do we force them instead of just growing up and dealing with reality how it is? Yeah. Well, the um, you 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 missed something out because the uh, those maps, the census maps, when somebody first posted them, were people complaining about it, saying, "I can't believe we're even worse than the U.S. in this regard. We always think we're so superior." And somebody responded underneath it, just saying, "Leftist looks at human nature, also leftist." Well, this is just completely unacceptable. Hundred percent. There it is. Hundred percent. 
we move on to your section? Yeah, let's move on to my section. So, Andrew Narog, I'm astounded at the stupidity of the scheme. As you pointed out, why a barbershop? I almost wonder if it was purposefully chosen to be so absurd so as to mock us for our inability to deal with their crimes. Probably. I, I, what, I think it's just a stereotypical job you expect them to go into so they think it'll appear above board and not draw any attention. Oh. But when you just have row after row after row of empty Turkish barbershops, that's when it really does become stupid that nobody's pointing anything out. So the owners making the most money, they were probably also already working in barbershops. So when then they got approached to start the criminal stuff, or to probably expand the criminal stuff, we're yeah. honest. I already know the barbershop business, so it can look legit, but I've got more barbershops. That makes sense. That makes sense. Andrew, uh, sorry, that's the one I just read. Russian Garbage Human says, well, damn, the human trafficking, etc. point makes a lot of sense. Was driving past the back alley behind the local Arab and Pakistani barber, I think at 6 a.m. They have a barrack-style accommodation at the back of it in an extension. This is a former terraced house converted to a business front with rows of bunk beds on the inside that I could see. About 20 men got out to what seemed like a roll call and then all got into a white transit van. Very interesting. Very local to me. Seems legit. I would actually suggest contacting your local authorities about that. Whether or not they're likely to do anything about it, you, you probably should just because that really does honestly sound like some kind of human trafficking situation you've yeah. got right there. That is definitely what's going on. Brittany Johns. The government will shut down someone for trying to farm, but don't notice barbershops popping up left and right, not bringing them any, any tax money. They're so evil and obviously intentional by the government. Yes. LL. Come on, you toxicist Staffordshire market town. Two-thirds Turkish barbers, charity shops, and a lot of takeaways. Feel some investigation needs to go underway. Probably. The French integration says, I'm expecting thousands of Turkish barbers to open in the EU as soon as Turkey becomes a member state. Maybe. Henry Ashman. I'm always a little skeptical of reasonably established cash-only businesses, regardless of who it is, given its prime ground for money laundering and tax evasion, especially given even beggars have card readers these days. Card-only has other WEF-related problems too, so I guess I can't win either way. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't mind, actually, the whole like um, tax avoidance, because it doesn't... I don't like tax. I don't like government. Like, if you want to avoid paying your taxes... Well, it, it, it's the fact that they let certain people get away with it for racial reasons. Yeah, yeah, sure. Of course. Not I, I don't people. like the fact that uh, some of us get away with it and some of us can't. That's, that's cringe. But um, it doesn't rattle me up enough to be really angry. It's the people smuggling part that obviously rattles me up enough. Yeah, the people smuggling and helping get people across the channel who shouldn't be here in the first place. Yeah, it's like, okay, no, you're not just t keeping your money from the state, even if illegally. You're stealing from me because I'm having to pay this crap. Sorry. Master of Parsnips says, I agree, Harry. I live in Blackburn and it is an asshole. Let's, while we've still got a minute or so, let's go on to the last comments, shall we? Sure. Uh, Peter says, who would have uh, thought lefty cities were so full of S? Yeah. Apparently everyone who lives there. Derek says, weirdest Pokemon game ever. I don't know what he's referring to there. Weirdest Pokemon gameplay ever. I don't get it still. But through... <laughs> Homeless guy threw crap. It was super effective. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it. Oh, that would work. Anyway, out of time. So uh, if you want to see that, go to San Francisco. Uh, if you don't... Don't. Good idea. Um, see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>